I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Or actually, I, I mean, like I said last week, oh, you're still playing with the cardstock. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to that beat, though. Uh, look closer to your microphone, please. Hello. Too close. <laughs> I don't have that. <laughs> still working out the kinks, folks. This is the, uh, what we call the, affectionately the bullshitting part of the uh, part of the show. Uh, Oops. I, I, I dropped your I, mic. See? Oh, there we go. Sorry. There we go. <laughs> I like the kinks. Yes, absolutely. So... You, uh, Sunday afternoon was by the Kinks, wasn't it? And we're here Sunday morning. That's yes. when we record. Eventually, we should go live. Do you know what song I heard on the way here? Just right now, when I got out of the car. I don't. I wasn't in your car. I was here getting a show together. It was Metal Guru <laughs> by T Rex. <laughs> what uh, KLH was playing Metal Guru? KLH. Usually they're pretty. Um, well, you know, Sunday what, mornings Sunday morning, they Steve have Pallack yes. And all I that. love yeah. that show. Yeah, they're a little more. Uh, I find a lot of cool stuff on there that you never hear before. You have to stop uh, promoting uh, Metal Guru. Other well, you can promote Metal Guru, but <laughs> you should stop promoting other radio stations. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need us. So anyway, what else? What else did you do this weekend besides watch movies? This weekend I worked out this morning. You do that? I, I did before I got here. First time? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday uh, was just a movie watching day. I know the feeling. <laughs> That's kind of what we do. Uh, programming note, uh, we won't really have any fresh reviews next week, I suppose, because uh, you're going places. But are we going to do something in the middle of the week? Yeah, I would think so. I've got some ideas. So we will pretend... We'll have something fresh. You know, radio is just a big lie. Exactly. And we, we're uh, going to be live Sunday morning. We'll be live lying <laughs> Sunday morning. <laughs> no, Sunday evening, actually. Uh, what day are you actually departing? Actually, probably Saturday morning. Early Saturday morning. All right. What part of the, uh, of the uh, country are you going to? Kansas City. People willingly go to Kansas City? Yes. No offense. I've been to Kansas City. <laughs> actually, I was in Kansas City earlier this year. Oh. Um, what's going on there? Nothing. <laughs> Is this part of your county thing? Yes, yes. <laughs> but we, we should we be should, seeing, uh, should talk about that sometime on the air. You should be doing a podcast about this. My pal Jenny Baker is probably showing up in Kansas City, too. Oh, that's very nice. Taking the jaunt over from St. Louis. I know Jenny. Sort of. Sort of. I did. Did I meet her in person once? No. She's only been to Wisconsin I once. I feel like I... But I guess it's just because maybe it was like a video. <laughs> Unless you went to St. Louis. I absolutely did not. <laughs> would not... No offense to people in Missouri, but I uh, I have not been there. Interesting, interesting. We had uh, 
Well, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, Your Facebook friends with Jenny Baker. I think we've discussed enough stuff now that that's I think what happens with social media. I think eventually you talk to people so much you sort of feel like you've met them. Indeed. <laughs> I just I feel like I've had at least one face-to-face meeting with her when in fact that actually is just not the case. Have you so. met Greg Novacek? Once did you? I did. He came up to. Uh, we we're going to talk about him on oh, the. Oh, you today. saw. You were in a bar with him somewhere, weren't you? We went, I met him at uh, right. the Ale House in Grafton, the Milwaukee Ale House in Grafton. Yeah, go figure that one out. I saw him at Il Retrovo, a pizza restaurant in Sheboygan, which is fantastic. One time, well, I went to high school with him. He was two years ahead of me. I'm sure right. we crossed paths. And in fact, but- actually, I think I crossed. Paths. I do remember crossing. He was actually a few blocks away from me because I was on 38th and he was on 36th, I believe, or he was on the same block where Ross. Remaker and oh, we're just name dropping away here. <laughs> we should get all these people to uh, listen to the show. I don't think Where is Ross Remaker these days? Ah, well, I have no idea. If he's a movie fan, maybe maybe we can get him to listen to the show. He's a very bright boy. Well, yeah, we were we were busy watching movies. <laughs> he was studying. Mm-hmm. We're now we're doing a podcast, and he's probably making billions of dollars. Uh, yes, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that works out, isn't it? Very interesting. Uh, no regrets. Yeah. Where uh, where did you go see this week's uh, theatrical? Uh, the Marcus and Sheboygan yesterday at uh, 11, 11.30. I think it was you were getting out. I was going in. Yes. I mean, literally, it was like a turnstile type there of were, thing. <laughs> there were two other people in the theater besides us. I did a little um, uh, box office look this morning. Not that I like to do that. And um, I think uh, it's number two, right? Because Midway, Midway yeah, was Midway of all things. I thought that was going to be this big. Uh, it looked like something that would just kind of disappear and... Uh, not do well, but unfortunately, I mean, it's unfortunately, it's doing oh, well. Okay, we'll talk about that. We're, I'm on the verge of giving opinions here. That means you better start the show, folks. So uh, here we go. Episode two. Time for Front Row Center. That's what that theme music is. That's our theme music for now until one of you fine listeners Greg. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's a very... Uh, a theme music sounds like a Herschel Gordon-Lewis movie from the uh, 60s. I'm not sure how to take that. <laughs> I don't think that's exactly complimentary. Well, I mean, it's stock music, isn't it? It's definitely stock music. I, I would think that's right up Herschel Gordon-Lewis's alley. That's all he could afford. Exactly. Uh, that's all I can afford. Mm-hmm. I guess so this is the... Welcome to the Herschel Gordon-Lewis of <laughs> movie review show. <laughs> Front Row Center is the name of our show. We talk about movies for about an hour. Actually, we try to keep it exactly at an hour, if at all possible. And uh, we talk about the new releases on streaming and in the multiplexes. And uh, we're doing that this week. This week, we'll be talking about a film called Rattlesnake that is on Netflix. They've debuted at the end of October. We're just getting into it now. Um, but that's the beautiful thing about streaming is uh, you can get to it when you can. And Dr. Sleep, a, uh, a Stephen King adaptation, um, a movie that serves many functions. It, uh, it's kind of a sequel to The Shining, both in book and film form. And we just kind of pays homage in many ways to the mostly beloved Stanley Kubrick adaptation from 1980. 
Uh, what's your experience with The Shining? You know, The Shining is a legendary movie for me, but I don't know how it is for you. That's so. You yeah. know, when I I was a kid, when that came out on cable, I probably saw it when I was ten years old, eleven years old for the first time, and um, I remember being disappointed by it because it's very long. It's two and a half hours long, and you know, it's got this renown, kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You think it's it's got this reputation of being some super gory, sloppy movie, and it's not that at all. And The Shining isn't uh, an overly gory or you know I, back then when i was 10 11 that's what i was looking for in a movie so it was long <laughs> there wasn't a lot going on it just seemed to drag on however over the years that movie has grown and grown on me i haven't seen it a ton of times but the atmosphere the mood of that film is fantastic i watched it again this past week just to get geared up to, to watch dr sleep oh very nice and i've been meaning to watch it actually yeah. for the last several years again because just i even think about that movie God, i gotta watch it again. i gotta watch that again and uh, i did finally this week and it, it is a great movie I, I enjoy it very much i know stephen king didn't think highly of it he's not a fan no no um you uh, well, you revealed something to us that uh, as every episode goes on, the uh, listeners will learn more and more about us. And what they just learned about you is that young Bert was a gore hound as a kid. That's all he yep. wanted out of his movies. Yep. Why don't you just go to like the butcher shop and just watch what they did over there? If that's what you're looking for. No, I once got chased by a man in a, in a butcher's <laughs> in, a, in a butcher's smock. I don't know what we did to him, but me and Chris Lore, Chris Storley, we got and Doug Wall. We, I was we, really hoping you wouldn't ever name drop those people on this show, but you have, and that's great. That's I think a, we were chucking uh, apples or crab apples at this guy on a motorbike, a little mini bike or something, and he got off and chased us, and he had this bloody smock. I don't. <laughs> We were terrified. We we leaped and we just ran like hell. World famous gorehound and hooligan. <laughs> and I suppose we should introduce ourselves. And what better way time to do it now? That's Bert Wardell. He hosts a show. I don't call it a show. I guess a, a channel on YouTube. We didn't really discuss it at length last week, and we should. Um, Eighty nine thousand subscribers. Are you one of them? <laughs> You could uh, tip him up, uh, help him get to 90. That's uh, what you can do. It's called Schlockmeisters, spelled just like it sounds, on uh, on YouTube. And um, desc describe the channel a little bit. What do you do over there? I review movies. What I, kind I, of movies? I review uh, <laughs> horror movies. <laughs> and? Uh, I would say... Uh, B movies. <laughs> That's not all kids. I think you could kind of say uh, uh, some sort of soft core uh, yes. erotic thrillers, erotic, well, not even not erotic, really thriller. not even thrillers, no. just those silly sex comedies that used to show up on cable in the in the in the eighties heyday when uh, we were growing up. It's possible over time, and you got to be close. And you've been doing this now. It was funny. I was kind of thinking about this the other day, but probably coming up on your ten year anniversary of doing this. Well, I mean, it was like oh six when no no it was two thousand twelve when that it was twelve. It was 12, oh. January of 2012 when we started that channel. However, that channel went away and I started a new channel in uh, 2018. Okay. So, uh, well, spring right. of 2012. So, it's been about 18 so eight, months. Eight years total, maybe yeah. then. And uh, I'm, I'm slowly redoing those old reviews and putting them back up again. So, right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You uh, occasionally. Uh, Give the YouTube police a little uh, run for their money. Yeah, I've been pretty pretty well behaved in this one though. No no boob has sh shown up in my <laughs> my videos, and that's what got me in trouble the first time. So <laughs> they don't mind if you chop a few heads off or slice some throats, but you show a boob, and the YouTube police come calling. Isn't that the case even in life? I mean, you know, you can <laughs> you can probably kill your neighbor, but don't don't uh, show your neighbor a boob. Exactly. That's kind of how this all works. So so that's what he does over there on YouTube. You can check it out. Many 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 videos. Are you? I mean, are you over a thousand? Well, if you count I mean, the you, old videos, yeah. I'm, I'm at I, I'm I think I remember review number eleven hundred and forty seven or something like that. But I still have about 
500 old ones that I need to redo. It's a very so impressive output. There's about 600 videos up there right now. Yeah, I started the channel, and I did, I believe, a grand total of three. No, you actually did... I think six. That is six. You All did, right. You did either six or eight, but no, that's... No, I did Grave of the Vampire. You did Grave of the that. Vampire. You did Soul Survivor. Oh, yeah, you that's did right. that's right. um, the Yorga movies. Count Yorga. Count, Count Yorga. The, the Return of Count Yorga. Something Weird you did, and you did something sure. called Weekend at the Babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> I think those were the six you did. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. Wow. Weekend with the Babysitter. Oh, yeah. You did that later. I, re- yourself, I re-reviewed I it, yes. That was part of a uh, package... Uh, <laughs> Part of like the drive-in, ma- the B movie, the B movie band. Yeah. It's from Mill Creek. That's quite weekend a with thing. the babysitter. So all <laughs> physical, physical media stuff, folks. I saw an article this morning about a video st- of a new video store, brand new video store. I believe I want to say it was somewhere in the south. Is it? And it's not Grindhouse releasing no, in Tampa, uh, b- is it? Black something. Black. Oh. Ma- yeah, they. Um, yeah, they're uh, they're actually doing okay. They're one of they they opened up and they're they're making money now. They also are going to be screening movies there, and I think they have like uh, bands playing and stand up comedy, and they intend to do like um, oh uh, wine and spirits and uh, you know maybe food. this is something I should do. Yeah, <laughs> I've got forty five hundred movies and about thirty five hundred DVDs. Oh, you're okay with uh, veritable strangers coming in and oh, taking those things home? Those are my babies, and using them as coasters and frisbees? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I no. Don't know. Anyway, so yeah, we're going to review a couple movies this week. We're going to review Rattlesnake, and we are going to review Doctor Sleep. Uh, Doctor Sleep being the big movie. The other one that uh, came out this week that we did not get to is Midway. So, if you've seen Midway. Why don't you send us a review and we will talk about it on our next show? Because that's what's beautiful about the show is that we don't have to do all the work. You know, <laughs> we my, welcome uh, outside interference. My first wife left me, but my movie collection never did. <laughs> well, let's leave it on that. When we come back, we will be talking about Netflix's uh, contribution to the, uh, I don't know, I guess the animal animal horror genre Wait whatever a minute. it is yeah don't take a break yet okay i was so close i was pushing I buttons yeah i want to know if you can tell me i'm going to tell you what i did tell me what you watched this past week besides the two <laughs> movies we're going to review I, was there anything else i was actually going to get into that um so my life is structured in such a way see i got to run this radio station when i'm not uh, busy uh, uh throwing books around and stuff so in a sense, no. I did watch some television. I watched a bit of television. Fair I watched enough. some uh, some premieres, some debuts. I watched. I got into the uh, the Jack Ryan TV series on Amazon. Is it any good? We were thinking about watching Oddly that. Oddly enough, the the day the premiere was very good. Um, it actually feels like a movie. It's very. They spent some money on this thing. Wait, who's the you. guy? Is it the guy from the Office? The guy from the Office, yeah. uh, Krasinski, and also uh, Quiet Place. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, and I'm not a huge fan of like that Tom Clancy techno thriller, techno babble uh, <laughs> type of thriller. Um, I I mean, they're fine. I thought Hunt for October was fine. I thought Patriot Games was okay. I didn't particularly care for Clear and Present I don't think Danger. the critics did either. I don't remember liking that one that much. Um, I liked quite a bit, although the, and the critics didn't. I actually enjoyed the Ben Affleck entry, The Sum of All Fears. Yeah, I did not see that. I liked that one. I I'd thought that was really well done. That yeah, absolutely. This is different. And you know the reason that I liked the premiere anyway, and I don't know if it'll sustain this quality throughout, but... Um, I enjoyed the fact that Krasinski plays Jack Ryan as fallible. He's not the super, you know, he's he's he screws up. And that's I like that. I, I I don't know. I guess I'm I'm a sucker for failure. What can I say? So so yeah, I, I will say that it's definitely worth watching it to the point that actually I will definitely be re- returning for episode two this week. Now, what did you watch this week? You have a you have a piece of paper. There. I do. I brought I do. notes. I did. I actually, since I left you last, I watched 18 movies this past Good week. Good Lord. 
<laughs> go ahead, rattle them off, this then we'll is, take a break. <laughs> this is a typical week, by the way, for typical me. Typical week for Bert. <laughs> okay, I watched The Shining. This is kind of in order here, at least by day. I watched The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane. <laughs> Jodie Foster. Yeah, Jodie Foster and Martin Sheen, yes. Isn't I watched a long time? Harvest Moon, Hallmark. <laughs> <laughs> There are six Hallmark movies in this list. With six? But that means there's 12 that weren't. That's impressive. <laughs> I watched something called Screwball Academy. Sure. Uh, Forever in My Heart. <laughs> that sounds naughty. Uh, yeah, no, that's called Hallmark. That's Hallmark. Okay. <laughs> it can go either way with those, you know. It can. It can. <laughs> I watched something called Campus Swingers. Sure. <laughs> we all got to go to college. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Till Death Do Us Part. Is that Honeymoon? No. Oh, it's a different That was okay. a different movie. I reviewed oh, it. Oh, wait. Apparently, you're not Is that Hallmark now? No, that is not Hallmark. I don't even how, know anymore. However, the next two are uh, Love and Sunshine, Danica McKellar, uh, Love, I can't even read my notes, Love at, uh, love, love at First Dance. Of course. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And <laughs> November 7th brought me something called Secrets of Love, Three oh, Rakish Tales. I remember that one. I remember when you recorded that originally. <laughs> that was a, like a VHS movie of yours. I remember yes, that. Yes, it yeah, was. Absolutely. Quite a film. Uh, and then uh, we watched something called Fast Lane to Malibu. Uh, we watched uh, Under the Autumn Moon, Hallmark. We watched something called Let It Snow, which I think we're going to review next week or the next... Next time we review, yeah. That's yes. on the list, absolutely. I watched, and then yesterday was a five-movie day. We watched <laughs> Rattlesnake, which we're going to review shortly. Your, Doc, what, your wife joined you with that one? She did. Mine she did as well. She did me all five of these yesterday, actually. Uh, Dr. Sleep, a movie called Like Crazy, <laughs> a Hallmark movie called Picture a Perfect Christmas, and The Italian Job, Charlize Theron. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That was uh, Edward Norton. Edward Norton. Yeah. Yes, I, Donald I, Sutherland. I own the original with Mark Michael Wahlberg. K- I had the original with Michael Caine. I actually own that. That was a remake. This was a good movie, actually. I've heard good things. I heard some of the uh, car action was pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Absolutely. 18 movies for this week. All right. Can yeah. I do 20 next week? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. You're going, out of, you're going out of town. Not that that mm-hmm. ever stops you, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're going to be driving, so I hope mm-hmm. you watch the road. So anyway. All right, folks. That's... That's where we're coming from anyway. So tell me you're not in the right hands for a movie review show. We've got some experience. We've logged some <laughs> hours here. So we will come back and talk about the rattlesnake in question after this. We are back. Back from break. You're listening to Front Row Center. I originally called this Front Row Center Reviews, but that just seemed like too much of a mouthful. And we talk about movies. We review the newest releases, everything that's uh, out there streaming for you and at the multiplex. We're going to start this week with a movie called Rattlesnake. Now, when I let you know, well, we were kind of wrestling with what we should, uh, what streamer we should watch for this week, and I threw a couple titles out there, and then when I said Rattlesnake, you said, hey, that sounds like a trashy <laughs> B movie. Let's do that one. So uh, I couldn't convince you to do Secrets of Love 3 Rakish Tales, though. <laughs> that is not new to streaming, <laughs> nor will it ever stream, although no. you know what's interesting. <laughs> oh, man. This is an idea. We should um, start a streaming service that only streams <laughs> that kind of soft bo- softcore <laughs> West German European Euro trash stuff. I've got those I films, think, and everyone's obviously looking for them on YouTube because your numbers are huge. <laughs> Whenever you post one of those reviews, so people want this stuff, and they really can't find it. I mean, that one, the one you just mentioned, 
What's it called again? <laughs> the Secrets of Love, Three Rakish Tales. Yes. Thumbnails, my friend. Thumbnails brings those people in. <laughs> well, thumbnails There's a too. lot of thumbnails to choose well, from in those and, movies. Uh, but that's what's great is that when you're, when you're trying to pick a streaming film, you go by the thumbnail frequently. So uh, <laughs> we got to get on that. We, gotta, so we have to find... Oh, man. Island that's... of a Thousand Delights. The Joy of Flying, and of course the classic, She's 19 and Ready. Although, oddly enough, as they say, she was more like 22 and not so ready. Exactly. Yeah, so she was 22 and a prude. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Joe Bob said that. Yes, he did. <laughs> so She's anyway. a 20-year-old, 25-year-old tease. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. She's not twenty. She's not 19. She's not really ready. Joe Bob Briggs, he's still out there. Yes, he he's is. He's doing his thing. He's looking old these days. I was just last time I looked at him, I was like, wow, he's really getting up there in years. But, you know, as are we all. So anyway, Rattlesnake uh, premiered on October 25th on Netflix, streaming only, and uh, directed by a guy named Zach Hilditch and starring Carmen Ejogo, who I'd really never seen before. But um, anyway, uh, what we need to do right now is turn it over to the master, the man who can summarize a film with uh, remarkable aplomb. <laughs> Go for it. By the way, Carmen Ejogo, if that's how that's pronounced. I'm probably mutilating it, but yeah. Do you know how old she is? I would guess from the, um, just spending some time with her yesterday, I would guess uh, potentially 30, low 30s, mid 30s. That's what I was going to say too. She's 46. Wow. She looks great. Taking good care of herself. Well, when she's not being, well, anyway, go ahead. Tell us what this movie's about. (laughs) Anyway, Rattlesnake. uh, We have this uh, woman. uh, Her name is Katrina, played by Carmen Ijogo. She and her uh, young daughter is probably maybe seven, seven seven-ish. They are traveling from Phoenix to uh, someplace in Oklahoma, and uh, they have to get off the uh, highway because there's an accident, so they're trying to go around it. In Texas. Never get off the main (laughs) freeway in Texas. Nothing good. Yeah, they end up on some backwater road somewhere, and she gets a flat tire. So um, unlike me, she can actually change a tire. So she's <laughs> she's getting out of this car to change a tire, and her daughter's wandering around in the desert there uh, doing whatever, and suddenly her daughter gets bit by a rattlesnake. Big old holes in her leg, and uh, mom's freaking out, and she doesn't know what to do. Um, and then she finds this... Um, trailer and this woman's right there so she takes she goes into the trailer my daughter needs help blah 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 the woman inside this trailer some mysterious like woman uh, says it's a good thing you found me i can help i've done this before Seemed to be uh, the principal focus of her life, really. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> she, she fixes her up, she fixes her tire, and then uh, and then she takes her to the hospital, and suddenly she's going to be fine. However, when she gets to the hospital, she this man comes in and says, you have a debt to pay. And she's like, oh, yeah, I owe the hospital. Here's my insurance, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, 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 no. You have a debt to pay. Uh, your daughter was saved, and uh, in exchange for that saving, you need to... Uh, basically take someone's soul in other words kill them kill them by by sunset today otherwise your daughter is going to uh succumb to that rattlesnake bite a soul for their a soul for a soul is the uh, line that they use i believe that's exactly what they use so she doesn't believe it at first but then the guy says let me show you what's going to happen and then her daughter suddenly gets really nasty looking and screaming and he's like okay i believe you i believe you i believe you (laughs) so next thing you know she has to spend the next seven or eight hours plotting to kill somebody (laughs) Anybody. Anybody could it be the yeah. old man in the room next door who's close to death or or, or what? But that's what she's. That was do. awkward, wasn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, that's basically it. Again, without having to, that that'll take you through pretty much. It's a short movie. It's eighty five minutes. Eighty five minutes. And yep. um, 
and Bert pretty much took you through the first uh, 40 or so. <laughs> um, um, so in, in a sense, to review this thing, the uh, the director of this, Zach Hilditch, um, his prior film, which I think was a Netflix-only film as well, is called 1922. That also... Oddly enough, this is funny how this worked out this week. That was a Stephen King adaptation of a short story. And um, that actually has really good reviews. And the reviews are very good for it, too. Absolutely. Um, I think an important distinction. It's an important distinction to make because this film at its core functions very much like a Stephen King-esque short story or perhaps novella. If you've read any of King's short fiction collections, which I have, um, or novellas, it, this um, Rattlesnake has the exact same approach and structure and certainly subject matter. It's a Twilight Zone-style morality play, you know, a pound of flesh, or soul for a soul, as I say in the film. And... Here's the thing with Rattlesnake. I found it to be actually, <laughs> I was, and then maybe it's the uh, curse or blessing of low expectations. I mean, it's a perfectly fine 85 minute time waster that's probably more enjoyable than it has any right to be. My wife also joined me in watching this one, and uh, she she was diverted throughout its entire running time. In fact, to the point where she started talking to the screen a little bit, which is one of those wonderful things you can do with horror films. Uh, some people do it better than others. Um, but it's, if anything, I found it to be just a classic piece of B-movie pulp fiction. And if Netflix is going to be... <clears throat> keep mispronouncing it. Netflix is going to be pumping out this kind of material. I say rah, rah, rah. Let's go. I would love to see 20 more Netflixes. I'm sorry. 20 more rattlesnakes. Rattlesnake Netflix. There's a lot of going on here. Um, where that comes from. Um, I found the acting most, for the most part, on point. The directing is solid with a really couple of really nice visual touches. I liked when she was in the hospital and she keeps seeing these little, um, oh, almost like ethical. Uh, I think when she was going to get a cup of coffee right before she intends to potentially put a pillow over the face of a dying right. old man. There's a sign on the on the wall by the coffee machine that says, uh, um, just take life one cup at a time. She, I gathered, and I don't know if you felt this way too, I feel like maybe either she's coming off of a bad relationship or possibly alcoholism. Um, she, when things start to go really foul for her, uh, she hungrily turns to booze, uh, both at a, uh, at a bar, at a very fateful bar, where she sees something else that kind of spins the story in another direction. But even at back of her toe, at a, at a hotel room, she the way she tore into those little micro bottles <laughs> was like, this is somebody who may be coming. And she's listening to a lot of self-help tapes in their car, I noticed. It was kind True, of interesting. Yeah. yeah, so that was a possible thing. And I like, you know, what I liked about the short running time is they didn't over-expound on this stuff. They actually let you kind of chew on that and make up your own part. They actually trusted the audience to, you know, kind of fill in the blanks. I like that. I like that in movies when they actually have a little faith in the audience to have a smattering of intellect, especially for a film like Rattlesnake, <laughs> which, you know, um, so I think it's a cheap movie that doesn't look cheap. <laughs> That's what I liked about it. Um, for the record, my wife hated it. Interesting. <laughs> okay. All right. But well, she's not true. a huge horror fan, and it's yeah. not—it's not her genre. I'm like, it's, right. it's just—it's a supernatural horror movie. That's, That's exactly what it was. I just—I—I um, I, I just consider it is some cheap ass horror film. It's 85 minutes. Yeah. It's—it was a perfect thing that could have come out in the 80s when I was watching. Yeah, all I that think so. Too. Absolutely. Well, it goes back to you know, but I would say for the most part, I actually was pleasantly surprised and diverted for 85 minutes. By Rattlesnake. And can I recommend it, though? That's what we're going to talk here. And, I mean, that kind of depends on the viewer and where they're at 
that at that moment when they're sitting down in front of Netflix to watch something. If they want to see some sort of piece of great cinema, <laughs> I would say Rattlesnake. <laughs> probably isn't <laughs> it. Probably is not what you want to click on. But it's a good time waster. It's like a good time waster. I think, it, you know, and it really, I miss this kind of movie in some ways. That's what it really reminded me of. That like, you know, a cat's eye. I was thinking, <laughs> or even Cujo. Yeah, which, Cujo, sure. Absolutely. Again, we keep kind of keeping things in the Stephen King realm only because he kind of brought a little bit of quality to an otherwise low rent genre. Um, more on that later, right? You know, if this movie was uh, premiered on cable when I was in seventh, eighth grade in, in the 80s, I probably would have seen it several times. I probably would have loved it. Yeah. I mean, actually, we've just, I think the problem with this movie is maybe in some ways in that we've kind of been here before in a lot of ways with a lot of stuff, but um, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to throw out a very uh, kind of surprised and pleasant two and a half stars on yeah, this Yeah, I think I was going to go with two and a half as yeah. well, between two and two and a half. I mean, enough. I kind of, to me, like two and a half is the cutoff between good yeah. and, and not so good with, with two, but right. But that's, I think lobbing on that, I think ladling on that extra half star sort of means that there's some quality to be had here. I, you know, but like I said, I mean, is it, is it pedestrian? Yeah, it's a kind of pedestrian movie, but I think it's a very well made and well acted. I mean, there's no reason why the acting should be as good as it was in this movie. They could have gotten a bunch of ham bones. I mean, look at the description for this thing. The plot summary says here, when a single mother accepts the help of a mysterious woman after her daughter is bitten by a rattlesnake, she finds herself making an unthinkable deal with the devil to repay the stranger. Now, if you go into a movie with that description, <laughs> you know what the hell you're going to watch. I would hope. So, that's the problem, too. I think a lot of people click on stuff without re- reading. Uh, I think they do. That brings me back to the days when I when I went to see uh, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, the drug-soaked uh, Terry Gilliam movie. And I went on a Friday afternoon. And Friday afternoons are usually when um, the elderly go to the movies. Yes. <laughs> and we had a couple of very, very nice old women who sat down in front. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and me. That was it. There was a screening room of three people. And uh, uh, needless to say, <laughs> about 25 minutes in, I heard a very loud, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> to which I just started roaring, I mean, in the theater. So uh, I remember also uh, Blue Velvet. I remember going to see Blue Velvet, and in front of me in line were, um, oh, nothing but uh, blue-haired biddies. And I just thought, ladies, do your research. <laughs> Read I a had newspaper. A, the same situation a couple years ago. You remember the movie Moonlight? I think it may have won Best oh, Picture. Oh, sure, Best Picture. Barry Jenkins movie. Yeah, yeah very good movie, yeah. Yeah, well, it was obviously about a homosexual yeah. Um, man and uh, his relationship growing up and stuff and there were some uh, old biddies <laughs> from, from the inner city actually who uh, yeah. were watching that film behind us and when that movie was done she's like I gotta start reading the descriptions for these movies before <laughs> <laughs> well that's all true absolutely yeah you know that's that's a big thing expectation and um, what you want out of a movie is as important as the movie itself I would say but um, yeah I mean by and large Rattlesnake I um, it gave me hope it gave me hope for like the future streaming movies we're going to watch i think netflix does have a sort of quality control over there um and i haven't watched i think that may be my first like netflix original movie i I don't think i've seen obviously i've seen stranger things and and other original content but um, see roma last year best picture nomination i still haven't i I was uh well that was that that, that was netflix and um oh what about bird box did you watch bird box i never got around to bird box yeah and i've heard good things about that i I enjoyed extremely well done yeah so they're doing good work over there and i guess they have to because uh <laughs> uh there's there'll be a storm brewing now uh, we got disney plus we got apple streaming everyone's coming after the thing that they do and that's not surprising they uh, they came along and they perfected the whole 
whole streaming movie thing and now everyone wants a piece of the pie so um and they spend a lot of money on original content over there like millions of dollars so they do. Let, um, it, let it be known that you said rattlesnake gives you hope for the future <laughs> I hope they use that as my as a blurb on whatever future uh, marketing materials or posters they have. So uh, yeah, so a middling score for uh, Rattlesnake from us, but uh, but I think a positive. So again, looking for a diverting night, and you know what's nice too is I think it could be a conversation starter. I would uh, um, we we are both married to mothers. <laughs> True, very true. <laughs> and I think in the middle of the movie, I finally leaned over to my wife and said, "So, what would you do?" And it, her response was great. She was like, "Oh, I kill every mother. <laughs> I, I kill everyone in the room. I would, you know, for my kids." So uh, that was kind of interesting. Now, your your wife had a um, decidedly uh, from what you uh, indicated, she, she considered this movie dumb trash. <laughs> really, that's interesting. Yes. Well, yeah, that's I an mean, exact quote. I think. Okay, okay. Did she did she come to that conclusion at, at the midpoint or at the end? Well, <laughs> No, it was all. It was throughout. <laughs> yeah, she had, to, she had a bone to pick with it from the first reel on. Yeah, I think the deal uh, with with her. I, maybe I'm wrong, but in terms of horror movies, it's got to be something that's more realistic. And sure. I, and here we're dealing with supernatural stuff, which yeah. in the real world doesn't exist. I kind of expect this movie to actually be about like maybe a rattlesnake uh, uh, overrun, you know, like a Kingdom of the Spiders type of thing uh, or, uh, you know, a, more of a animal horror. Which that, that Kingdom of the Spiders, for example, could be potentially realistic. That could potentially oh, sure. happen. Uh, outside of the fact that uh, tarantulas are not deadly, but right. we won't get into that right now. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, and rattles the rattle, the animal itself really plays is only a small role in this film, although it shows up at interesting times. I was reading, oddly enough, I was reading a very interesting breakdown this morning of this, and a um, the two times a rattlesnake shows up are when fate is involved. Like, um, obviously, our it gets the the uh, thing underway with the mother and the daughter, but then the second time our snake shows up is also when fate kind of takes kind of finishes over. Our kind movie. of yeah, yeah, yeah. So very interesting in that regard. I thought anyway. Um, yeah. So rattlesnake. We're gonna come back and we're gonna talk other stuff too. As long as I can get my theme song going here. All right, there it is. We'll come back and we're gonna talk about <laughs> more horror. We're a little late for Halloween this year. Front Row Center. We'll be back. little more Herschel Gordon Lewis movie music for you there. I didn't take that personally, I swear. I wasn't expecting that this morning. <laughs> now I feel like I have to go find some new music. I don't know. It just doesn't seem right to be using uh, low rent, <laughs> color me blood red music or blood feast. The man was a pioneer. What can I say? Anyway, you're on with Bert and Jeff in the, in the evening. And if you're listening to this on the broadcast or whenever you like, if you're listening to us on the podcast and um, would like to remind you all to look for us on our SoundCloud page. Uh, you can find on the CPL radio SoundCloud page, which is moving, by the way. We've got a big move coming up. We're getting off of SoundCloud. No offense to SoundCloud. They've been a good home for two years, but 
um, I've decided to put our podcast where people actually listen to podcasts. <laughs> so this is actually going to be a podcast too. No, oh, yeah, it already is. It's already on SoundCloud. I mean, it's 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 um, on demand on SoundCloud. That being said, we're gonna, like I said, we're gonna pour it over to um, on demand for free. On yeah, well, we don't charge. No, okay, not yet. <laughs> I mean, I've got big ideas, of course, but you know, <laughs> for now we're not. No, charging. that's fine. <laughs> Absolutely no. And we're put gonna it move, out there. We're gonna move it over to um, the iTunes version. There's no iTunes anymore. Now it's like Apple Podcast. Apple blew up like all of their. All of their audio stuff, so it's not known as like iTunes anymore. Now. I've got Apple Music on my phone. Yeah, Apple Music is going to be like all cut up like Apple. They just did that in a recent update. Kind of threw people for a loop. So anyway, we'll also be hopefully like I think on Stitcher. Um, you can actually, if this new service works out, which I think it will, um, this will be on YouTube. And then um, the YouTube version, I guess, puts up a transcript. So like everything we're saying will be visualized in words, which is kind of cool. You can do that on so, YouTube? Uh, you, well, no, this particular service. I don't know. I'll figure out the... Uh, in other words, we're going to be filming ourselves? No, 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 no. It's actually just... Oh, it, just it's audio. It's just audio. And then the wor- everything we're saying, it like shows up on the screen. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, right. it's kind of a cool thing. I don't know. It might work. It might be this. It might blow up in my face. But uh, that is okay. Um... I did also want to uh, mention we had some correspondence with our listeners this past week and a little before the show started, and we already mentioned well for the for the long version the uh, the director's cut of today's show which you can hear on um, you can hear on SoundCloud. Our old friend Greg Novacek up in the Manitowoc area. I think he's still up in Manitowoc. I believe he is. No, actually, no. I think he's yeah, like Valders. I, I don't okay, know. Well, I think he writes for a newspaper. Yeah, maybe he'll let us know. He mentioned he was tuning in to our first show, and he appreciated our first episode. And we, of course, appreciate him appreciating us. <laughs> so uh, it was very kind of him to say. said he was trying, hoping to see um, the uh, Edward Norton movie, uh, Motherless Brooklyn, but didn't quite make it out when he had spoken. That looks actually really good. Yeah, I think good. we're going to see that at some point. Oh, good, because I, I, I would like to get to as well, I don't know how much uh, how many much more legs it has in the multiplex with all the big movies coming down the pike. Another Greg chimed in, uh, the one who we're hoping will obviously we're desperately in need of a new theme song now. <laughs> so now that it's, our theme has been dubbed H.G. <laughs> Lewis style, um, Greg Pagel, who I've known since 1978, he mentioned that he had seen Train Spotting for the first time recently. I haven't seen it since about 1997. I did you did we see it in the theater together? No, I feel like we, okay, maybe not. I saw it in the theater. Um, I remember, I do remember enjoying it. I think I've only seen it at that time. I should rewatch it because I saw it at um, the Downer Theater on the east side of Milwaukee, which at that time it's a nice theater. I don't have a problem with the Downer. Um, Except the problem I had back then is that um, their audio used to be really bad. I think it's gotten since better. I think I'm sure they figured it. Out. They had to have figured it out. But I mean, I've only been there a couple times. But Train Spotting has some very thick oh, English yeah. brogue, yeah, yeah. and I didn't. I didn't understand a single line of dialogue. <laughs> I would have loved subtitles for that thing. I didn't understand a single line of dialogue. Luckily, I mean, it was a testament to the, how good the movie was. I still enjoyed myself that night, and I could follow it. But Did you, you have know. that on VHS? Did I have it? Yeah. I never did, no. Because I, I, I watched it in my apartment in 1997 or so, and I assumed I got it from you, but who knows? No, no. Um, he made a sequel. Uh, that Well, that's Danny Boyle, who's actually a really good director. Uh, he made a film I love called Millions that not many people have seen. Check that one out if you can. But he did um, Slumdog Millionaire, which is an Oscar award. Did you ever see Slumdog? I did. That was that's a good a movie. Very, very well done movie. I've um, seen Brewster's Millions. Is it similar to the... <laughs> no. No. <Okay. laughs> no. No Richard Pryor. No John Candy. Uh, no, no, no. This is 
uh, but it's yeah, he's a good uh, good director, and um, he made a sequel. There's a Chain Spotting Two out there from like two years ago. That's true. Did you see it? Nope. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know. It's interesting. But anyway, Train Spotting, and well, see, and again, our 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 listeners take us in the right direction. They're our segue masters because Train Spotting was our first real kind of introduction to Ewan McGregor, who happens to be the star of this week's big theatrical release, Doctor Sleep, which is directed by a guy named Mike Flanagan. Um, and he did a film called that I actually, I don't, do you ever catch up with a film called, there are two Ouija board movies. There's Ouija uh, and there's one called Ouija something like, it was like a prequel and I'd never seen the original cause, cause I thought Ouija it was or Ouija origin of evil origin of evil. I gotta tell you, that's a fantastic movie. That is a really well done. And I never saw the first, the first, the first Ouija I board saw movie. the first one. It's okay. the only one I've seen, which I heard was middling, just kind of throw away, you know, rubbish by and large. Um, but the sequel <laughs> he he said it in the seventies, and it and it just it looks feels again. This guy, and we'll talk about this with Doctor Sleep as well. This guy clearly has an adoration, possibly a fetish, <laughs> for seventies based horror movies, seventies and eighties based horror movies. Um, so obviously he's in our wheelhouse anyway, right? Um, also with Ian McGregor, we have a woman named Rebecca Ferguson, who I did not know until this movie, and now I will watch. Anything she's in, I like her. Oh my gosh! And then uh, a young actress named Kylie Curran. Um, I got to tell you this, Kylie Curran uh, girl here. I heard an interview with her yeah. on uh, Friday morning on um, Gino Salamone. I don't know if you're aware of him, but sure. he did an interview with her, and she's like 12 or 13 years old. She was absolutely charming. Yeah, just unbelievably charming and, and fun. She was awesome. Certainly, certainly no less so in this movie. So uh, anyway, stepping in to do what he does. This is why he makes the big bucks here at Front Row Center. Bert's could tell you what this spooky movie is all about. Well, Dr. Sleep obviously is a sequel to the is it 1980. When The Shining yep. came out. Yep. Book is from uh, 75, 74. Something like yeah. That. It basically picks up. Uh, we see uh, Danny Torrance all grown up. Now he's now an alcoholic Ewan McGregor. Dan Torrance now. <laughs> Dan Torrance. Yes. And uh, he decides he's going to try to give up the, the, the drugs and the booze. And he's just going to go to a little town in New Hampshire. Fraser, New Hampshire, I think was the name of the place. And he's just going to try to start his life all over. He's kind of been suppressing this uh, shining that he's had over the years. Um, we're visited by a few friends from the past especially uh, Scatman Crothers played Dick Halloran back in the day and we have a new Dick Halloran uh, shows up and he's basically taught uh, over the years uh, Dan how to I, get, I guess get rid of these ghosts and everything and Co- compartmentalize I suppose is the right word eh? <laughs> put it in a box <laughs> yeah literally put it in a box and uh, ultimately though we, uh, we're introduced to some new characters there's some bad guys this rogue of uh, a gang of some sort who is feeding off of uh, it's called the steam. When people die, they give off this little steam, I guess. They basically eat it. And uh, <laughs> um, apparently people who shine give off the best steam. So that's they, they've been trying to basically hunt down people who shine and uh, steal their steam, kill them. And um, uh, they find out that there's this little girl somewhere. Uh, I think she's also in New Hampshire, somewhere up yeah. there. And Abra. Abra, yes. And uh, they want to track her down. They've detected her finally. And... Um, well, basically, she's a good guy. Dan's a good guy. And they want to go after the bad guys who are this gang. <laughs> By and large, yes. The yeah. gang is called the True Knot, I guess. Which you didn't really uh, hear that. I, mean, I don't know if that's uh, dropped in the movie, but that in the book, that's what it was called. I'm just sort of reading yeah, here. I don't the time think over. they no. mentioned that, actually. Um, kind of a, I mean, I don't want to say like a cult, but they're just, they're like this sort of hippie, gypsy kind of 
cult and and it's uh um yeah so that's that's basically the film yeah and uh let's just say all roads lead back to the shining in some ways well, yeah literally they get there absolutely so um I have to give uh, the writer and director Mike Flanagan. I think he did another uh, King adaptation too. With um, I think he did Gerald's Game, which I never saw, and is supposed to be phenomenal and really hard to watch. Well, he also did Oculus, which I have not seen. I has good reviews. I actually bought it this past week, though, oh, so I will go. be watching okay. it soon. I, I wasn't even aware of that until <laughs> I see will you it now. be schlockmeistering that one? I will be. There we go. Okay, I just made up a new word as a verb. I'm going to schlockmeister that one. Um, so Flanagan here, I got to give him all the respect in the world. He's done something. Herculean and insurmountable and in that he's somehow bridged the gap from the world of the King novels in question here and the Stanley Kubrick world of this 1980, you know, the film version of The Shining, which the I we mentioned earlier, the author famously did not care for, but they just kind of and I mean and they rebuilt Impeccably, I might add, the visuals of the Overlook Hotel, and even when they were kind of flashing back to some of the events post-Shining World, which we do we do revisit 1980, as the titles on the screen say. Well, obviously, they didn't get Shelley Duvall, but they didn't try to like digitally create them either. But they just got actors who. Oh, are you sure Shelley Duvall wasn't the original? No. Oh, the original. Sh- oh, the original. Yes. Yeah. No, but this no, no, is a- no. When they showed the scene, I know it was a different Jack Nicholson. Yes, that clearly wasn't Jack. But Absolutely. I thought it was Shelley Duvall. Nope. When they showed a, cl- I thought they showed a clip from The Shining in there when when he bashed the door and she was holding. Oh, the knife. you know that. Yes, I watched that very closely because I was wondering if they were going to use her. That that may have been her, but I almost feel, <laughs> and you don't. It's there for like a second. Yes. Because they had a different actress at the beginning when they were in Florida. Definitely. Right. Yes. I, I think mean, that was her, though, in that. That could very well like, be. I wonder if they could use her image, but they couldn't use Jack's image. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, there's all kinds of, I'm sure I'll have to call the lawyers on that one. But um, um, just the way, the really respectful way in that they, they treated uh, the 1980 film and the books. And, uh, you know, it was really, I just thought, yeah, you're in the hands of a very skilled filmmaker here. Um I have to make mention of the performances on display here, which I thought were wonderful. You know, McGregor just gets like better every time I see him. I don't think everyone, I don't think people appreciate him enough. I mean, and I hope, um, excuse me, I hope in this film they actually realize what a, what a great actor he is. I, I listened very closely through the film because I know him best as Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I kept listening for like a little of uh, like a British accent to kind of mm-hmm. break through. And I think at times it did. I don't know if it was completely, I don't know if he can do an American accent as well as many other actors who can. But that didn't, again, it didn't take me out of the film. I just thought it was kind of interesting that <laughs> all I could do, the whole film, I'm just listening keenly for the actual Ewan McGregor to, you know, the, the British. Uh, <laughs> to, he, is, to break it. he is Scottish, isn't he? Or? Is he Scottish? I'm going right. to offend a lot of people. Well, it's all, it's all, yeah, he's actually from Scotland. Okay, yeah. never mind. Uh, not well, British Scottish. Okay. It's in the same area. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, they, they love it when they just lump them. Yeah, they're all the same. They love that. He's, part, <laughs> he's from the UK. <laughs> Thank you. Bail me out here so I don't have the entire island uh, on me. Um, so, uh, but I thought he was great. It was Rebecca Ferguson. Is I loved her. A I revelation thought- in this movie. I. I, you know, and the film started and I knew I'd seen the trailers. I wasn't convinced that I'd find her sort of like uh, hippie antagonist, you know, all that threatening. I thought she was sultry, sexy, hot. I <laughs> loved her. Well, there's that. Okay. Um, but what I, mean, I thought what she does is a revelation because what I love is that she's not that black and white. It's not that, you know, she's definitely bad, but like, and that her, you know, and that her people are all evil, but there's layers to what they're doing and they're almost kind of a tragic figure because they're just trying to stay alive. And clearly she's been alive for a long time. Yeah. And, um, 
So I love the fact that we're getting away from the fact from like saying, oh, the, the vampire's bad or the, the mummy's bad. I mean, it's there's layers to it. There's actually a strange, like you mentioned <laughs> somewhat eloquently, <laughs> that there's a likability to her character in some ways. She she refers to people as like darling and sweetheart and like and you know, but there's I find that actually in some ways psychologically more terrifying than like Pennywise the Clown, which again to put things in perspective of you know, Stephen King. Who and it's funny because Really, Pennywise and this group, Rose the Hat and all that, they're kind of out for the same thing. They're out to, like, they, they want to drink fear. I mean, Pennywise I uh, mentions, I think, in the It movies and certainly in the book, I guess, that um, fear tastes delicious to these characters. And so same with uh, Rose the Hat, where, like, the more terrified they are, the, the tastier the steam is, I well, suppose. Well, let's be clear here, too. Obviously, they're, they are who they are what they are, and they're some sort of supernatural being trying yeah. to stay alive. Yeah. But in order to stay alive... They have to kill. They have to murder. There and, is that. There is there is one hell of a brutal scene in this movie. I'm going to get to that. Hold tight here. Uh, um, yes. These are not nice people. <laughs> so, yeah. But, well, going back to Rebecca Ferguson, I'm going to get to that. Uh, there's there's layers here, and I think she communicates those layers beautifully. I just think that it's a performance for, like, the ages. I think she was incredible. Um, now, let me ask you this. Have you ever come across, like, a true, like true hippies, like in your travel, especially in your travels, you go all over the country. You're on this bizarre quest to go to every every uh, every county, county, yeah, you know, in, in America. And may I may I add, they're doing very well. Um, <laughs> but I'm talking like fully functional people who are living the hippie dream or nightmare, depending on where you. I mean, have you just? I, I'm sure you've been in like a, you know, a service station or a way a wayside or something like that. So as a kid, I was on a riverboat in Louisville, Kentucky. I was probably like 12 years old. It was fifth grade, I think. Louisville. Yeah. And um, and when I came across on this riverboat, we were seated at a table. And at the table next to us, it was my dad, my brother, my mom, and then the few people we were visiting. At the table next to us was this absolute like sort of commune of hippies that just sort of, I don't know if they traveled regularly, regularly by riverboat or how that worked. But I will tell you that there was something kind of sinister about them and kind of creepy about them. And I remember being really kind of disquieted by by them. And that's, you know, that's what I got from this group here in, in their uh, RVs and uh, Winnebago's and everything and the way they traveled and with her on the roof, uh, you know, kind of barefoot and meditating. And I, I just, I thought that was all handled so nicely. I think they're called Pikeys in Snatch, Guy Ritchie Snatch with uh, Brad Pitt. You ever see that? They're called them Pikeys. No, no. Uh, so I love that. And it's just, that leads into all these under, other, like, really delicious things in this film. The communication through the chalkboard in Dan's room I thought was a really nice touch. The cat who becomes sort of his sidekick at the hospice because he kind of helps people over the to cross over to the next uh, phase of existence. Um, that cool sequence with Rose the Hat traveling across the skies and invade, invading Everest yeah, space. I thought really that was cool. beautifully handled. All the file cabinets and how that all was handled. Just these delicious little touches that made this such a pleasurable ride. Now, that was the pleasurable side of things. Let's talk about the displeasurable side of things, which you've already indicated. There's a sequence that I think we can, I don't want to ruin anything, but we're going to call it the baseball boy sequence. <laughs> um, a kid named Jacob Tremblay played the the lad. Um, he was in a film called Room from a couple of years ago. Right. That was a good movie. So obviously I think he plays. Um, so he was the boy in Room? Yes. Hmm. I believe we can call, I think, I think we can say that he plays extreme duress. Very well and very convincingly. He was also in Wonder. Uh, he, he was the oh, he was the kid, kid in Wonder. That's yep. right. That's right. So this guy's clearly a uh, you know very skilled young actor. Um, this is a grisly, <laughs> grisly bit of business in this movie. Um, you know, two weeks in a row we've seen a movie where a kid got offed. 
That's true. That's true. Well, um, that's right. The, um, this one was worse. This is worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we've kind of played our hand here with Baseball Boy. Um, Oops. And, and it's okay, because, I mean, it, it happens quickly, and I think that now the film's long, out long enough that uh, that's the case. But, I mean... But it's brutal. It could be a turnoff for and people. There was, um, it could be an extreme turnoff for people. Some, there was some suffering. Oh, and there's some blood and yeah. there's just um, and then the fact that we go and revisit it because uh, there's a a, a, uh, a totem of sorts that they need to retrieve from the lad. Right. Um, and so we just I mean, all of that was just handled, handled extremely well. And by that, I mean, extremely horribly. <laughs> so um, now I have another piece I have to uh, just to say what, what when we were in such good hands here with this film, um, the glowing eyes. What did that remind you of? There's something specific that it brought me back to. Well, the Village of the Damned, if you go way sure. back. Okay, you're going a little too far back here. Let's bring it back to something like more our era. And a film that was really terrifying, and the glowing eyes, I thought, were... Salem's recre- Lot? Bingo. They reminded me exactly of Salem's Lot. And I remember that, actually, that element of Salem's Lot and Reggie Nelder and uh, uh, Barlow and Straker and all that. Well, Barlow, I guess, more. Um, and, and Clint Eastwood's sidekick from everywhere. <laughs> I found that glowing eyes thing terrifying yeah, as a kid. I always did too. And it was really good in this movie too. I just thought that that touch, they didn't have to do that. I don't know if it's in the book or not. I haven't read the book, but see that visualization of them, especially as they're kind of sucking in the uh, steam and their eyes start, uh, just great stuff. But glowing eyes equals evil and scary to me. It doesn't help. <laughs> so in final submission, I've gone on, a, this, I think this has the trappings of a, of the, of the great, great horror films, of the 70s, 70s and 80s that so many of us who hold this particular era of horror cinema near and dear to us. And they, we pine for that. And we also complain we don't get that en- enough of that because, you know, it's all like The Conjuring, which is fine. The Conjuring is good. And I guess, but I mean, like, you know, whatever, Annabelle and the, the many, whatever, and a lot of the PG-13 horror films that were coming along that I just thought were you know, uh, you know, insidious. I mean, again, they, they serve a purpose. That's fine. But we come from an era of Rosemary's Baby and The Omen and The Exorcist and The Shining, of course. Um, and from where I'm sitting, Dr. Sleep has earned a place among the pantheon of that kind of horror movie greats. This is a terrific film. I'm going three and a half on this one. I loved, I was, I loved every, I loved, the only reason I, I shaved off a half is I thought some of the fan service stuff was a little obvious. Uh, when we return to the world of The Shining. I was and, just going to say, we also, we, you touched on it briefly. Yeah. We actually do return to the Overlook Hotel, which has been abandoned yes. for 40 years. More so than I thought we would. And um, It's really the... F- focus of the final reel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was very cool seeing that because they, they, they recreated everything quite well. Yeah. Um, I, I believe the original uh, that wasn't it was filmed on a set. I think that those yeah. were all set pieces. Yeah, yeah. Although the out the exterior of the hotel is a real hotel. Actually, I, I've been to that hotel. Yeah. It's, in, it's near Mount Hood in uh And they showcase that that hotel, I believe, in the television movie adaptation of The Shining. I think they used. No, I'm sorry. Scratch that. That was the hotel that King. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I, the, I, one I that, the one the that one that inspired he, him. The one that inspired him and that he wrote you know his notes at. They filmed the miniseries at. And then yes, what you're talking about the exterior. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was just going to say, it was, it, was, it was cool to see that hotel again. It was. Because I, I literally just watched the movie earlier this week, so it was all very fresh in my mind. When they're heading there, and they queue up of some very familiar music. Yes, the music. They, yeah. I think there's some, some of the same shots. Uh, or, they or, recreated those shots. Yes. I mean, because uh, the shots were daytime, and these were nighttime versions. The feeling of dread that ran through the theater, because everyone's like, oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> so, yeah. So, go ahead. It's revisiting an yeah. old friend. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
Um, do you have more, or are you? Uh, uh, no, <laughs> I think we're good. Okay. Uh, what, 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 what kind of stars will you throw at this thing? Oh, I was going to give it three stars. Okay. Uh, I wasn't going to go quite as high as three. And a half. I really, I mean, I, to me, the movie uh, was a little slow getting started. I, there was all these new characters. What's going on here? What's going on here? But then once it got going, I really got into. I it. appreciated I that slowness, though. I actually liked the fact that they took their time, and I like. Um, I you know a lot of horror films now they run ninety minutes or ninety or an hour and forty five minutes or whatever I liked the fact that this thing really you you got to know and because character you know like George Lucas once said a special effect without character is a very boring thing we could argue of course <laughs> I thought they were in. just throwing too much at me early in the film but sure. again it all came together a and, top heavy yeah, yeah yeah absolutely I can see that I mean yeah three and a half for me I I I was very satisfied with this movie I have I I almost again I, it felt like Stand by Me and and uh, you know, like a Rob Reiner t- or even um, Misery. It just—I think it snaps into that type of Stephen King filmmaking very well. Um, not, would, you, yeah. would you agree that you would? It's imperative to watch The Shining before you see Doctor Sleep. <laughs> so that came up as some other conversation I was listening to yesterday. I think it certainly helps. I think it helps because I think it brings so much more meaning to what you're watching. That being said. I do think you could watch this as a standalone and still be completely horrified by it. If we're talking about, oh, oh, I have to bring this up. So you obviously are. By the way, did your, how'd your wife feel about this one? Because She liked it better than Rattlesnake. Okay, good. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Good but sign. it wasn't her favorite film. Okay, okay. My wife liked it quite a bit, too. Um, you know how I know this, this is an effective horror movie. Um, so my hand is still kind of, uh, she bent the bones because she was clutching me throughout this, this particular hand, my left hand. Um, at one point during a tense moment, someone just flips a light on. We had a very large bucket of popcorn. So did we. Ours went flying because my <laughs> wife jumped and, um, and sent most of it into my lap, the rest on the floor. I hope you saved that and gathered it up. I kind of get Yeah, we did yeah. okay. Yeah. We, we maybe the floor stuff you like. The floor stuff I left, but the lap stuff I definitely ate. Um, it's my lap. It's my corn. What right. do you want? Okay. Um, and my favorite thing is at one point she let out an absolute blood curdling scream in the theater. And I was, again, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't scared by this movie cause I don't really get scared by yeah, horror films. I, I wish I could get scared. You're right. We're too jaded. That being said, I was tense. This movie tensed me up. My jaw. Uh, also I have like a TMJ thing with the jaw. It comes with age kids. And, um, it finally just stopped clicking this morning. Cause I was, I was clenching my jaw a little bit and I, I liked that. I, I certainly like and appreciate any film that can make me, can, can bring me some sort of physical harm i can tell you there, there's actually two off subject there are two yeah. films that actually scare me to this day one is the aforementioned salem's lot that movie gets me every time the other one is the howling the original the howling yeah when I they're that. when the when the werewolves are shaking the, the cabin oh, yeah. and they're inside and yeah those two movies get me powerful stuff folks all right well that uh, that does it for Doctor Sleep. Not doing real good out there. I checked the box office this morning. Like you said, it's number two. Um, this is t- traditionally a kind of dead week at the box office, unfortunately. It's so a dead time of the year. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we're marching up to big stuff like Star Wars and Frozen Two. So I guess this is kind of the calm before the storm. Um, I also appreciated, by the way, that Warner Brothers put their old logo at the beginning of the movie. I thought that was kind of a cool touch. Oh, the, I, I didn't uh, even notice. Oh yeah, no, I won't. I noticed that kind of weird stuff. That's just how I'm wired. So anyway, check out Doctor Sleep. I would say three stars from birth, three and a half from me. We're big fans of this stuff. Come back. We'll uh, wrap things up again and maybe have a little Star Wars chat. (laughs) These things go long. I've got to plan these shows better. We're getting there.
back on Front Row Center for uh, this week, week of, well, to recording this on November 10th. So, um, and uh, this is the show that makes promises that it just doesn't keep. Uh, we're just not going to have time to get to our Star Wars chat. We have to have this because we have a long, you know, history, a long background with Star, Star Wars. Star Wars is our lives. Well, well, about that. I mean, it's my life then, damn it. We should talk. We'll have to unpack that when we have our Star Wars chat. To recap, uh, we got uh, agreement of two and a half stars on... Oh, actually, two and two and a half. How did that work this way? We did two and a half on each on okay. Rattlesnake. Okay, so on Rattlesnake, two and a half for, from both of us, and then uh, and by and large agreement on Dr. Sleep with three and three and a half stars. Uh, no arguments yet. Not particularly. They're coming. Don't worry, folks. There's a storm coming. You want to do Transylvania 6 5000? <laughs> we might. Uh. We may have to. I was thinking of doing a segment of the show, uh, like uh, uh, world-famous uh, uh, Bert and Jeff arguments on <laughs> films. There's a couple out there that we could just go round and round on and probably fill a... Uh, Fill a half hour. We could take calls too. We could take callers on that one just to kind of talk us down from our from our rage. So anyway, that's the show, folks. Uh, next week we're coming back with uh, a special show. Um, we're going to count down since we're about what six weeks away from uh, not just the end of the year, but the end of a decade. I mean, that's that's pretty uh, substantial. Oh, that's true. Isn't yeah, it? the decade's ended. Well, that's well, why, that's yeah. why I brought this up. <laughs> so um, we are going to uh, count down. Actually, you know, decades actually start with the one and end with the zero. If you want to be super technical. Okay, fine. We'll argue about that next week. (laughs) But um, we're going to bring, both of us will bring in five movies, making a grand total of ten. Ten films that we think are the best of the decade. Doesn't exactly mean they're the best made films, but probably just the films that we consider the best or gave us uh, the most fun. Either at home or in the multiplex. Is, is Rattlesnake going to appear on your list? Rattlesnake as a two and a half uh, <laughs> star movie will not make it the list, but uh, maybe we should do that. We'll do an interesting show. The 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 the, uh, the best mediocre films of the decade. <laughs> So we'll do that. All that and more on uh, Front Row Center. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Make sure you look for us on Facebook. Front Row Center is the way to find us on Facebook. Leave us some messages um, and feel free to uh, send us your audio reviews or whatever, or just type in a review for movies you've seen, what you're watching, what you've been enjoying. We will talk about it on the air. Until then, next week, we'll be back. Bert will be here. Look for him on Schlockmeisters talking about a lot of movies and some skin. Until then, folks, thank you. Most of us have clothes that we've loved for years, maybe even decades. But it's harder than ever to find clothes that will stand the test of time. So before you update your closet this summer, take a look at American Giant. From hoodies and T-shirts to denim and more, They've got everything you need to build a wardrobe that you'll be proud of for summers to come. American Giant is made in the USA. That ensures that they can deliver items of exceptional quality. But it also creates jobs across the country. You're not just buying clothes that last. You're helping create a lasting change in the communities where they're made and a connection to the seamsters, cutters, and factory workers who make them. Discover the American Giant difference today. Shop wardrobe essentials that last a lifetime at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your order when you use code LT23 at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com. Promo code LT23. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.